You're listening to the Stag Sports Network Podcast, only on FairfieldStags.com. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to the Stag Sports Network podcast channel. And we've been in the midst of doing championship season previews. Well, hey, guess what? We get to talk about a championship that we have brought back to Fairfield, Connecticut. JJ Duke here with you. Thanks for always spending your time here with us and I'm happy to be talking about women's lacrosse we had our championship season preview a couple of weeks ago but now we get to talk about a title four straight titles as Fairfield knocked off in succession Canisius in the quarterfinals at home go up to Siena in the semifinals win 10-8 and then beat Monmouth for that coveted piece of silver where they want to bring back home 14-11 and the Stags are rolling on for at least one more game. I'm happy to be joined now by the one with the plan, <laughs> Laura Field, the head coach of Fairfield Women's Lacrosse. Um, it's always a blast to see the emotions because we were able to watch the game in time. In fact, as I was telling you, I was doing Fairfield baseball, but we had the side monitor up to see how things are going. Every championship team has a little bit of a different feel about it, but it looked even more excited than usual. Not to take anything away from the previous ones, but you guys looked like you had a ball up there after the final whistle went. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, obviously the story is that there's there's four in a row, but the reality is, as as we all know, every season is very different from the other. And this season was, was hard in a lot of ways. Um, it was galvanizing in a lot of ways. I think, you know, losing three in conference, we haven't done in a while this group I don't think has ever done um, and it does it, it it does give you perspective on on resilience and how to play and how to come back and you know uh, the emotion that you see is how proud I think our staff is of the team and, and how happy and genuinely happy we were for, for them and how hard they worked all season I mean you talk about the staff you've had a number of changes in and amongst that area as well so um, obviously Kara McHugh who's been now for a couple but Jennifer Pareto this is her first with this group so what was that for her just having a chance to be a part of a, a championship run like this. Yeah, and, and you know, first things first, they both did a really good job all season. So I want to make sure that they know that and they hear that. Um, and you know, I, I can't imagine what it's like to sit in her seat, but I know, um, you know, one of the reasons that she always said she came here was to, to get that championship. And I think, um, you know, adding someone with that drive on staff is it was always the was always the point and was always super important to us. And so it's nice that it's a bit seamless, um, you know. And I've been very blessed by having a really good staff for my entire time here. So we talk about how you said the roller coaster of emotions this season was, and it has been probably a year unlike any other. I mean, last year was a year unlike any other, where it's just league games. It was a true grind, where every game, every minute mattered. Not to say that any game, you know, there's a little bit of a layoff there, but it's it was different. This year, you come into it, you're kind of a little hesitant to say how what this group could look like. Our first image was seeing you guys go toe-to-toe with UConn, who are ranked 23rd in the nation at that time, and candidly playing almost them off the park mm-hmm. in the game. Um, obviously, that's from my perspective. We've had conversations uh, about that, but we saw how gr- uh, talented this group could be. At what point did you see this group and be like, yeah, this is a team that we could do something special this year. I think the interesting thing about this group is we often played to the level of the team that we were playing. And so that's a double-edged sword in a lot of ways in this respect that we played up to a very good UConn team. We played up to a very good Denver team. Um, sometimes we played down to some of our opponents that um, you know were not as strong as those two teams in particular, and that cost us. And, you know, but again... 
the strength of this team is in its intelligence and its ability to learn from the past mistakes and to really have the resilience to, to play the whole season out. And not only the resilience to play the season out, but also to go through it always seems that this group has a number of injuries in some capacity. Now, the irony is that this group didn't actually have that many injuries, but it's the fact that it was one position specifically where you just had a rotating cast of characters of three different goalies, including actually having to go beg and borrow a little bit to <laughs> find a goalie just to have two on the roster. But, I mean, that's got to be challenging for, I mean, any team to try and establish your rhythm. I mean, it doesn't matter what sport it is. If you have a goalie in that sport, you have to you know, understand what that goalie is like, their characteristics, the way they communicate, the way they direct things in addition to their job. But you guys had to go through three in basically a span of a couple of weeks. So, I mean, how proud are you are not only of who stepped up at the right time, but the fact that everyone just kept kind of the rhythm going. Yeah, it, it is a luxury. And I think, you know, you and I have always talked um, – a lot about the fact that uh, we've had three very good goalies. Um, and, you know, I don't think you expect to call on all three of them within probably a month span, which is what we ended up doing. Um, but, you know, I think we had two two different defensive players of the weeks back-to-back that were both goalies. Um, we had... Which one of which got injured when they found out that they won Exactly, the exactly. And, and, and we had... Every goalie had wins. Um, you know, I'm incredibly proud of them. I think it's a testament to the trust that the defense in general has in each other that we could slot in a different person in that position, which is so important, and the defense just went on like normal. Um, and, you know, if there were changes that we had to make stylistically, they compensated. Um, but the reality is I'm, I'm very proud of, of, you know, and I, I'll talk specifically about um, about Liv and Casey who finished out the season, um, you, you know, in that it's very hard to do what they did. And I know as a goalie how difficult it is to um, not necessarily, you know, know who was going to take the reins. Um, it was a little bit dependent on who was healthy and who's coming back. Um, Phoebe did a great job to her credit when she stepped in right away to start the season off before her injury. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm very, very proud of them. And, and I think the whole team is. Oh, that they are. You talked about the three games dropped in succession league play. How much of that was kind of the, the wake, not the wake-up call, but the thing that needed to get you guys going? Because when you look at how the results were, I mean, it's night and day. Uh, the Niagara game was certainly a tough one. For those that are not unfamiliar, this is middle portion of the league schedule where Fairfield goes up to Siena, loses 16-11, comes back here against Monmouth, loses 21-16. You go up to Niagara, come back from down to late on force overtime, but the Purple Eagles win, then knowing that Fairfield had to win out those two games to make sure they got to the postseason. So was that the light that needed to be sparked to get going, or was this something that really needed to be worked through? I think it needed to be worked through. Okay. I, I think it was a bit of a slow burn and that we knew we weren't playing our best lacrosse, um, and we had gotten away with it. Uh, to, to, to a small degree in the earlier games um, and then it started to catch up with us and you know it very obviously gave us a sense of urgency and that we needed to win out to basically um, get we needed to win one of two at the end to get in and um, and I, I think it's been a long time since we've been in that position and then we needed to you know win both to put ourselves in a, in a good position um, once we got to the tournament um, and you know I guess the flip side of it is it makes every game um, super focused because you don't have a margin for error and you know I'm, I'm proud of the the players in that uh, they didn't they didn't fracture and I think it can be really easy to um, and you know obviously we had moments where we went down that path of self-doubt but they really held it together and that they didn't start blaming each other they didn't start giving up um, the game plan I think they really you know uh, Kelly Horning and Caroline Mangan two of our, two of our, ca- our two captains um, stepped up in terms of their leadership and saying all right guys we know what we're capable of it's simple things that we have to do well um, so I'm very proud of them for that effort. 
we go now into the conference tournament. You had to play Canisius basically back-to-back weekends at home, win both of those games, get to the championship weekend. And then all of a sudden, everyone is talking about the fact that Fairfield and Siena are facing each other again in a conference tournament, but it wasn't a final. It was a semifinal. Um, how much were the group up for that game, knowing that it's that wasn't the last one? That was one that you had to get there to get through. Well, it was an interesting scenario in that we really didn't know that we were going to be playing Siena until you know the last minute, um, until Manhattan upset Niagara at Niagara. So um, I think we were of the mindset of it really doesn't matter who we play. Um, and I don't say that just as, as kind of coach rhetoric. That That is very much the truth. We wanted to get to that weekend. And I think once we get to championship weekend, we know that we have that experience. So for us, uh, both teams are formidable. Both teams um, really handed it to us in season. So, um, you know, the rivalry of Siena at Siena you know, Monmouth is the same rivalry in, in my mind. Um, both teams are very good. Both teams have beaten us in um, in conference play in recent memory. Um, and we can't say that about a lot of teams that we've faced in conference. So I think for us, you know, it it it, it makes it really motivational to know that you can knock off the home seed. And I don't say that in a bad way, but just in a, you know, it's exciting to play there and and, and to really have um, a point to that game. Um, but it really didn't matter to us the order of it. We needed to get to that weekend. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that um, in terms of getting up for playing someone and having that extra little incentive, which is kind of why I asked, like, if it was a little bit different getting up to play Siena at their place, not being a final, semifinal. But you saw the emotion. You saw... You talked about how locked in. I mean, everybody and a few few uh, new names that we didn't even see throughout the season. You call someone like a Daniel Santora, who we didn't see at all in the regular season. We'll get to a couple other names. But then there are two moments for me that stuck out specifically. One was kind of that little bit of a mini run in the third quarter where it seemed it was quick fire. Goal after goal. Kelly Horning gets a couple. Ellie Greffenset and Elizabeth Toledo get there. Olivia Duty, I played out of her mind that entire weekend. Um, the big one for me, and we had a quick discussion about this, end of the game, and she was on our last show about women's lacrosse, Kayla Bay gets her moment. And she's a player that has gone through the wars, doesn't really get talked about all that mm-hmm. much. She does her job. She locked in one-on-one against the Offensive Player of the Year, Nicole McNeely, game on the line, not only causes a turnover, gets a ground ball, clears, timeout, game over. That must have been probably the cherry on top, maybe for her career. Well, and it's some redemption because I think she didn't have the best game um, the first time we played them. And so for her, I think she, you know, she's a great defender. She's a lockdown defender. Um, she was not proud of her effort in the first first game. Whether or not we were, she was not because um, she holds herself to a, a pretty high standard. So, you know, to see her rise to the challenge, this is what she is always capable of. If you watch our game long enough, you know that our defenders are very, very capable of having those moments. Um, And she has been a steady, consistent, strong defender for us for her entire four years. So, um, yeah, a ton of emotion. Um, I think what's fun about this whole run, though, is you saw emotion probably from our our Manhattan game in the regular season through the Canisius end of regular season into the playoffs. There was a lot of emotion in these games because at any point in time we knew, you know, we could go home. And so, yes, that game in particular, watching Kayla rise to the challenge, it was a great way to end the game. 
um, you know, on a good stand. Yep. Um, but that emotion was present for the entire run. And it's not only just the emotion. We've always talked about your bench and how important they are. But oh, they're it's, phenomenal. But it's the importance of anybody that gets their name called upon. It always happens to have this sort of thing where you don't know about someone. They pop up in the semifinals. It was Nicolette Lavista back in 2019 coming in in midfield, scoring a couple of goals. Elizabeth Toledo. Scores a hat trick in the semifinal. Your defenders this year. We mentioned Daniel Satora. Uh, Eva Patron didn't see her at all this year. And then all of a sudden comes in, has a big game. Sarah Boucher is you know, mm-hmm. getting work in on offense. How amazing is that? Not only just for you, the fact that, hey, you got depth that you could go to, but the players that are waiting for their moment – they capitalize when they have that chance. I mean, we have a lot of talent on our bench. We have a lot of good personalities on our bench. I mean, I think they're invested. They are in the game. Um, You can see, I think there's been a noticeable uptick in the last three years from our emotion and energy on the bench. And it's driven in large part by the underclassmen. I'll say this, the sophomore class, Sarah Boucher might be the one driving it. Um, You know, and, they're ready to play, but they're invested. They know what's going on. They know the game plan. Um, you know, in some respects, we wish we could play a lot more players. I wish I could have more than 12 players on the field at any given time. Um, but it's a testament to their preparedness that they're ready to play in the moment that they're called upon. And and um, I can't say enough about the, the entire team. Um, it, it really goes without saying that, that they're super valuable. Which now, I mean, that's why there's so much joy when the name pops up on Sunday night. You see where you're going. It's for the the blissful moment of it doesn't even matter, as you said, the, the faceless opponent, the fact that your name gets up there, you can't get sick of that, right? No, it's it's nice to know that you're going to be called. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that it's as much from a coaching point of view, I, I, I like I said before, watching the players react to that um, never gets old. No, it doesn't. Now we got an interesting test in our hands now, don't we? we uh, do. Coming up on Friday, it's going to be Syracuse. Not at the Dome, for those who are um, curious why I say that. At Syracuse had a prior commitment. They're unable to host any postseason games this weekend. So those games will be played down at Princeton because Princeton is also in the little mini pod that Fairfield's in as they'll play UMass. Also, I believe the team that was in your pod last year mm-hmm. up at Boston College. So a little familiarity there. A lot of familiarity for you as the cat is very much out of the bag. We're going back to Laura Field stomping grounds at Princeton. <laughs> Make sure to stop at Hoagie Haven for me <laughs> after the weekend is over. Um, but that's um, it's an interesting one. We could throw in a lot of things about where the committee elected to go with this tournament. I think it's a great opportunity, not only for us in Fairfield, played a number of very good teams this season, but also Syracuse knowing that Fairfield has played a lot of good teams and competed against good teams this year. It's not going to be an easy afternoon. No, and and at this point, there's no easy game. And I think, you know, we know that it's going to be a challenge for us. Um, We're we're not misinformed about what they are. We, you know, we watch a lot of them play. Um, You know, and I think at the end of the day, you need to rise to the challenge. And what I said before holds true. You know, we rise to the level of the team that we play. So um, we're going to prepare like we always do. Um, We're going to make sure we get there and we're ready to go. And, um, you know, once we get on the bus and finish up exams and and head over to New Jersey, it's business as usual. So, um, you know, I think if you want to be on the big stage, you got to be able to play the big team. So I think, you know, all, you know, for my entire time here, that's what we've been saying. So um, these are the challenges that we want. Love that mentality. Laura, I wish you guys all the best in the world. I'll be watching from wherever I am at Friday at 4 p.m. For those who are curious to uh, follow, if you can't get down to Central Jersey to watch that game, it's going to be 4 p.m. on Friday, May the 13th on ESPN+. And uh, (laughs) let's go get them, right? Absolutely. (laughs) All right, Laura, thanks for uh, stopping by. And um, 
we're going to take a brief break because when we come back, we'll have Kelly Horning. And this is a chat that's been in the the wings for a little while, but we know we want we have to talk to one of the best, and we'll have it for you after this here on the Stag Sports Network. All right, guys, welcome back here to the Stag Sports Network. As I mentioned uh, before our little break, as we now have brought on Kelly Horning, last year's MAC midfielder of the year, a multi-time first-team all-conference member, all-region member as well. Kelly, um, this has been such a phenomenal ride uh, from our perspective to watch you on the field over the last five years. But for you, what has what has really been different this year's team as opposed to the ones that you've played on in the past? Um, honestly, it's obviously different just because my grade is gone. But um, this year I've really noticed how young our team is. Yeah, we have a huge senior class, but... I really noticed um, midway in the season when we were having that slump that I thought part of the reason was because due to how young the girls were who were playing, they didn't have a lot of experience, and we were trying to get them to kind of take control and take leadership and try and take it, like, take the attack specifically under their wing. And, yeah, I'm a CR, I was a fifth year, and part of that was on me, but being a midfielder, it's hard to – be a leader on the attack side when I'm playing both sides of the ball. So um, I thought it was just a really interesting year of seeing the younger girls really take control and take leadership. For you, you obviously mentioned the fact that your graduating class obviously had moved on. You had the opportunity to come back because of the COVID year, and also you had a you're working in a program that you're able to come back for a fifth year anyways and yep. not have to worry about anything. But how much of that kind of has to make yourself adapt a little bit knowing that okay the girls I've been with for four years they're not here I still am but I'm I know a lot of the girls here what is what was that like for you um it was definitely interesting at first because like when you're just with the team you're like oh like where are my group of girls of course the whole team is my group of girls but my main group of girls but um honestly I couldn't thank the seniors enough Caroline Kayla all of them Nicolette um Conquest Mac Cam, Ariana, Ellie, they all acted like I was one of them. They never, ever, like, second-guessed inviting me anywhere, team dinners. Of course, I was always there, but even nights before games, they were always inviting me in practice. It just felt like I was a senior. didn't even feel like I was a grad student or without. Like, I'd say they're now some of my best friends. And it's kind of an interesting thing when you look at this Fairfield women's lacrosse team. I mean, you guys always have been tight. Like, you know, it's a very your group right but this year it almost seems like everybody is even closer I know going through last year everybody that came back from last year that was an experience that almost made everybody a little bit closer but now it seems like everyone is just locked in I definitely agree with that I think it pushed me out of my comfort levels a little bit where I had to interact with freshmen sophomores juniors who I hadn't in years past just because you're with like I was always with Maggie I was with Haley all those people all the time but this year I I got close with Kozak, Amanda Kozak. I literally love her, and she's a sophomore, and I'd say she's one of my really good friends right now. So I think it's just, like, really interesting to be the older girl, and you're almost forced to hang out with everyone else just because you don't have your grade there. Uh, I love that dynamic. Mm -hmm. Coming to the field now, I know, obviously, you've been there, done that, right? You've got the T-shirt. Well, you had three of them before this year, for that matter, and three rings to go along with it. By the way, are we looking for one for a thumb? Is there any, like, you want to have an announcement to say? Yeah. 
I think I'm just doing all four, there the top go. four fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Get a photo of that after. I know yeah. it's on Instagram. It's going to be fire on that front. But, um, <laughs> you know, coming into this year, um, last year, as we mentioned, was a year in and of itself. But when you looked at the landscape of this team, you've obviously heard what your coach had to say about this group. Um, at what point did you think that, yeah, this might be the season where we could do it again? Um, honestly, in the fall, I even during some of the fall ball games, I noticed how fast our team was and there was just so many different people who couldn't contribute. And in fall ball, it kind of gets like a little mixed up because it's just like a random group of people and it's hard to kind of work with someone when you haven't played with them really. But I was like, wow, like this is a group of girls who like care a lot. I haven't seen that in a few years, like where I trusted that everyone really wanted to be there and they were determined. And they were all very fast and athletic and versatile. Now you speak about fast, and for my perspective where we get to watch and watch games from another different vantage point, right? But we've seen Fairfield teams over the year and where coaches kind of say, yeah, they're, they're moving a little quicker, but it's still the same Fairfield team. Still the same Fairfield team. Our first opportunity to watch was the UConn game. There wasn't even a stream for the Holy Cross game. So coming in with a clean perspective. When I said earlier that you guys played UConn off the park, it was truly candid. Did that kind of say that, yes, we can not only hang with a team that plays at tempo, but we, in fact, can push the game and push teams out of their comfort zone? Definitely. I think that was one of the most frustrating games that we all look back on, and we were like, that should have been ours, and the way we played it should have been ours. It was unfortunate that we lost, but I think it definitely proved to ourselves that we can hang with teams, and then we played Denver, and we were up – most of the game and yeah we lost by five but I think it really like helped our confidence and prove ourselves that we can really hang with any team as long as we believe in ourselves absolutely and now when we look at the perspective of playing Syracuse this year obviously another team that could be a favorite to win the trophy you played Boston College last year it's almost kind of a similar situation but very different at the same time yes same talented teams but you guys have played tougher teams do you uh, coach field said that this group has a tendency to play to its competition. But in this case, do you guys feel confident that you're not there just to participate? You're there to win the game. Definitely. Just um, comparing my freshman year to now my fifth year, the way we went into playing Loyola, we were a little scared and we weren't really believing that we were there to win. We were just there to play and we kind of expected to lose honestly that year and our coaches weren't too happy with us. But this year, um, I think everyone's really excited to prove ourselves. Like you said, even if we don't win, I think we're going to put up a good fight either way. So I think we're there to prove ourselves this year. No, without a doubt. And again, as I said, for those who want to watch, you can make sure to do so going to ESPN plus four o'clock on Friday, May the 13th. And okay. I hate to have to do this, but we're going to have to do this a little bit because I know, um, the last couple of years when seniors are saying, well, this could be our last year, but it might not be our last year. This is going to be your last go around with Fairfield women's across. Yep. We're not going to, tr- I'm going to not get emotional with you. <laughs> We're going to keep it straight. But what have been some of the most fun memories that you've had being not only with this team, but just being a part of the Fairfield university community, whether it's on the lacrosse field or maybe perhaps just back, you know, hanging out with your friends, stuff stuff along those lines. What, what are some of the favorite takeaways that you'll have? Um, obviously, definitely winning championships. Those were all amazing. I'll never forget those moments. But um, even when I was just talking with some of the teammates or some of my friends on the bus, I was saying um, how fun I just have in the hotel rooms, the nights before games. It's a blast. And we should probably go, be going to bed a little bit earlier, but we were just having fun, and I'm with – 
all ages and I love it and those are the nights that I'm going to remember I think because I just made such good friendships during those times that are away games in the hotel rooms when you talked a little bit earlier about how you know a couple of years ago you guys would get to the stage but you're you know a little nervous you're coming into this game you feel confident does that show how much this program has grown in the five years that you've been here and where do you think maybe it can be a couple of years from now Definitely. I think Laura, one thing she has always wanted was a NCAA round or win. And um, I think just the confidence that we have going in this game shows how much it's grown in that aspect. And I hope one day that they do get it and maybe it'll be this year, but that they do get that win. And I think that's definitely in the future for Fairfield. Well, Kelly, it's going to be a blast to watch you play. Thanks. It's going to be sad to see you leave. <laughs> but at least I know when we have to go through prep for broadcast, when you hit the uh, archives and the historical <laughs> stats, it's just going to be scroll page, Kelly Horning. <laughs> scroll next page. Oh, there's number one, Kelly Horning. <laughs> Thanks for everything that you've done and can't wait to see you guys compete on Friday. Thank you so much. Thanks for yes. having me. So that's going to do it for this episode of the SAG Sports Network. Again, make sure to stay with us on all of our social media platforms as we continue through the rest of this athletics calendar year. I'm J.J. Duke signing off, and until next time, go Stags. Thank you for listening to the Stag Sports Network podcast. For past and future podcasts, visit fairfieldstags.com.